Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Daily Daf Differently. This is Joshua Kulp. Um, we're going to be doing Daf Tet Vav today on Mesechet Ketubot. Uh, this is the last Daf of the first parak, so this will be my last opportunity to be teaching you for a while until they assign me some new Dapim. So I don't know when that will be, but uh, for now, you'll just have to live without me. All right, the Mishnah on the bottom of Yudalad Amabet the last Mishnah of the Perak, um, is the first Mishnah in a while we have that doesn't have the Rabbin Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Yoshua disputes in it. Amar Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, Ma'asebi tinoket, it happened that there was a, a young girl, emarot ma'im min ha'ayin. So we went down to draw water from the uh, well, or from the spring, venensa, and she was raped and I'm sorry to say the rabbis, uh, at least over here, they don't express concern for her welfare. What they really just want to know is who was the one who had sex with her? Is she permitted subsequently to marry a Kohen? I didn't write this. Someone else did. Amar Rabban Yochanan ben Noi. Rabbi Yochanan ben Noi said, Imrov If most of the people of that city are valid, in which case their daughters can marry Kohanim, or their Almanot, their widows could marry Kohanim, Harezo Tina This one can marry into the Kuhuna, marry a Kohen. So we see here a principle whereby um, Rabban Gam, uh, excuse me, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says we follow the majority. Now this is not exactly the principle that we've seen in the Mishnayot that come before. In the earlier Mishnayot, Rabban Gamliel either said she's believed, or and Rabbi Yoshua said she's not believed. So we saw over there that no one talked about the rove, what was the status of the majority of people. Um, whereas over here, they do talk about the status of the majority of the people. Now, I want to go on a little bit um, in Tetvav. It's not unusual to have Mishnayot, I think, that contradict each other. We'll go a little bit on Tedvav towards the top of the page. It's skipping a little bit of the first sugya. The Gemara uses this as an opportunity to discuss an important principle that again has to do with doubtful situations. Do we follow what was like, statistically speaking, the most likely scenario? Now I realize again that this is sort of a very insensitive case in the Mishnah itself. But it is a good opportunity for the Talmud to discuss another way of dealing with doubtful situations, and that is to figure out what the majority um, of, uh, of possibilities was, and what was the most likely possibility statistically. Kihadachiata Ravdimi. It's like when Ravdimi came, Amar Ziri Amar Rabbi Chanina. He said the name of, Rabbi, of Ziri and Rabbi Chanina, Va'amrela, and some say Amar Ziri Amar Rabbi Chanina. Hochin achar rov ha'ir. We follow the majority of the city. Ve'ein hochin achar rov siya. But we don't follow the majority of the people passing by. 
Now, this um, is another issue that we're going to see brought up a little bit in this Gemara, that the rabbis have make a distinction between a fixed population and a moving population. When it comes to the moving population, they do not follow the majority, and therefore if we think that the moving population was what caused the issue, specifically here one of them was the rapist, we do not follow the majority and we're strict. Whereas if we follow the ear, if we think that it was from the people in the city, a static um, population, we do follow the majority. Now, I'm not a mathematician. To me, a majority is a majority. And uh, it doesn't seem to me to make any difference, but the rabbis make this distinction. We're going to see several places where they do. So they ask the question, really? Is that the case? It would seem contradictory. These ones move. These ones are static. And as we're going to see as we go on, generally speaking, other people hold that the principle works elsewise. That a static population, you don't follow the majority. But with a moving population, you do follow the majority. So they fix it up. We follow the majority of the city as long as the majority of the people passing by are of the same status. But we don't follow the simple majority of the city because they are a static population. We don't follow a simple majority of the people passing by. Why not? Why don't we follow the people passing by. After all, generally speaking, we do follow the majority of a, of a group that's moving. Because we're strict, if we follow the majority of the people moving, we might come follow the majority of the people who are in the city. Um, so I want to skip a little bit for a second here, a couple lines down. Another case that's really paradigmatic that I want to at least finish up with here. Umi ba'inan Trey Rube. Do we require two majorities, meaning majority of the people of the city and the majority of the people from the city who were likely to have been passing by? Vahatanya, but haven't we taught? Teshachanuyot, if there are nine stores, Kulan Mochrot Basar Shruta, all of them sell uh, slaughtered meat, meaning kosher meat. And one sells non-kosher meat that was not properly slaughtered. And he bought from one of those ten stores, only one of which isn't kosher. And he doesn't know which one uh, he uh, bought from, he purchased the meat from. We have to be concerned that the basar was bought from the non-kosher store, even though most of the stores are kosher, since this is a case of a fixed situation. There are nine stores fixed that sell kosher, one store fixed situation that sells not kosher. He went to them. He doesn't know which one he bought it from. It didn't separate it from them. It didn't separate from them. He went to them. And therefore, we're strict. However, if it's just basar that's found in the street and we don't know where it came from, then we follow 
the majority. In Aramaic, this is called a parish, meruba parish. Anything that separates must have separated, and we consider it to come from the majority. So again, you have this situation where if the man went into one of the stores and doesn't know which one he went into, we consider that to be a case of a static majority, a static situation, and we follow, and we say it's as if it's half-half, and we have to be strict. But if the meat left one of those stores, then it's something that's separated from a majority, and we say that we can assume that it's separated from separated from an unknown quantity. We don't know whether it came from one of the nine kosher stores or one of the one, uh, one unkosher store. So we say that it must have come from one of the uh, from the majority, in which case it's kosher. Um, and then they answer. So you can follow in that situation. One rove is enough, right? You don't need to double both the rove of the ear, the city, and also the majority of the people passing by. So in that case, only one. Rove was enough in the case of the Basar. And they ask Akasha, they say, well, how come in one case we're strict and in one case we're lenient? We don't require two majorities, two separate sets of majorities. Male asubayochsin. They say, male asubayochsin means that the rabbis were extra strict when it comes to lineage. But when it came to the meat, they could be a little bit more um, lenient. So, um, I don't want to get too into, uh, I don't have time to go further. The sugi goes further. Um, I do think it's a real puzzle to me. I've been learning, I've learned this many, many times. Why there should be, you know, me, when I think there's just one simple issue. Is it likely, statistically, that such and such a case? Or is it more likely, statistically, that such and such is not the case? But the rabbis have a very complicated mathematical analysis of where this meat or this person may have come from depending on the majority of various composite populations the stores the validity of the people of the town i think it's a very difficult gemara i do think it's a good note to finish in this chapter male asubiyochsin the rabbis took lineage very very seriously and were um, extra stringent when it came to the rules of lineage it was a primary consideration in their laws of marriage. It was a primary determinative as far as the status of a person. Uh, I think we live in a society where lineage is a little bit less important, but for the rabbis, and I think for many traditional societies, who a person was was largely a function of uh, who their parents were um, and who their ancestors were. So it's been a pleasure, as always, learning with you. Um, thank you again to my friend Johnny Mazels. Uh, my neighborhood friend who always listens to these uh, podcasts. Um, you can always find me at the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. I also um, run a program called Daf Shvui, which you can learn get through the uh, Conservative Yeshiva. And uh, since we're probably getting close to Pesach, I should mention my one of my books is called The Shechter Haggadah. I think it's a great addition to any Seder, and it's available on Amazon, as is my newer book, Reconstructing the Talmud, which is an introduction to the academic study of Talmud, also available for a very low price on Amazon. I think it's a, uh, I think they're both interesting books. I don't make any personal money off of them, so I'm not trying to sell them to you for business purposes. I'm trying to sell them to you, the Harbit Torah, to increase Torah in Israel. 
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.